Today's Gospel is from Luke chapter 24. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were there with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. It has long been said that the only things in life that are certain are death and taxes. Well, I'd like to add another one to the list disappointment. Nothing like a cheering, cheery opening to a sermon this morning. Disappointment. We don't talk about it, but it lurks everywhere. Disappointment is what we feel when our expectations are unfulfilled. 
and it happens a lot. We are disappointed when we don't get into a college we had hoped, when a birthday card does not arrive on time, when it rains on our wedding day, when a medical treatment is no longer producing expected results, when our favorite restaurant runs out of the fish tacos we were craving, when we don't get offered a job we wanted, when we didn't make the basketball team, when someone does not act in a way in, wish, in which we had wished. Disappointment is found in the church. So I think it's really helpful for me to say to you as your pastor, I'm going to disappoint you. You're going to disappoint me, and we will disappoint each other. This is what happens when we are in relationship with each other. If there's any skill that I think we should teach our kids, and adults for that matter, it's how to handle disappointment. We will never avoid being disappointed because the world will never spin according to what each of us want and what we hope will happen. Our response to disappointment, to melt down, thinking that our life is now over, or we cut ourselves off from the person who has disappointed us. This is where resentment brews. Or like the two we hear in the story, we take off. We leave because we don't want to name the pain or dare to dwell in it. Like death, and maybe like taxes, it is easier to deny or avoid the discomfort of disappointment than it is to deal with it. We continue where we left off last week. Luke tells us it's Easter evening, and two people are headed to Emmaus, a town about seven miles from Jerusalem. As they are talking and walking, Jesus comes near and walks with them, but for some reason, they don't recognize him. Jesus asks them, what are you discussing? And so they tell all that has happened, that this Jesus of Nazareth, who was mighty in word and deed for the people and for God, was crucified and died. And then some of the women said his body was gone and that he had risen. And so the women tell the disciples, and they don't believe what they hear. And then these two mutter, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped. There is that disappointment rearing its head. What they had hoped for didn't happen. These two are disappointed, so they head out. They leave from where they had been because they are unable to stay. It is so interesting that this is where the resurrected Christ meets these two people as they are walking away from their unfulfilled expectations. We don't know all the details on why they are walking away. Maybe they are in search of something new. Maybe they want to avoid how life will be different. Maybe they don't want to be around the people and the things that remind them of their loss. And as they tell Jesus all that has happened, Jesus listens. He enters into their disappointed souls as they walk together. He brings them back to scripture, and then from there, they share a meal in which Jesus becomes the host, the meal again with bread and wine. 
And it is in that moment the disciples are able to recognize Jesus. The story is mysterious, yet practical, and tucked within it is this profound truth. Resurrection doesn't happen to snap, make our lives better, and somehow easier to maneuver. Resurrection comes to walk alongside us in the difficult times. For Luke, what we have heard so far is that resurrection is proclaimed in the grief of the women, in the denial of the disciples, and now in the disappointment of Cleopas and the other. And so the story holds a truth and a way for us to navigate our disappointment, to name it, to trust that scripture holds a word that will meet us with a message we need to hear, and then we come back to the table trusting that this is where we will find Jesus, and this is where God's story leads us forth. Something to think about today, where have you been disappointed lately? Where are your unfulfilled expectations? What we hear in all these post-resurrection stories is the working out of how we live with both death and resurrection. Resurrection doesn't erase hardship in this life. It actually comes to us in the place, yet it's never an immediate fix. Resurrection lives in the dwelling and the promise of the disappointment, the working out of a new reality and a new way. I know you are filled with stories of how your own disappointments and their impacts. Did resentment brew there for you? Did you walk away? How did things change? Were you able to move on? I have a recent story to share. Just a few weeks ago, some Mount Olivet members, as they were leaving church, said to me, Pastor Beth, did you know we were going to leave Mount Olivet? And their question took me by surprise. I had no idea. Through all the transition and change over these last couple years, they were unsure if they could stay because things were not as they had hoped. The wonder of this story is that they did stay and they came to worship and they participated in learning and with our partners and they said to me, if we would have left, we would have missed all of this. I think the this they were referring to was the building of community, all centered around the promise that Jesus will show up in the word, the bread and the wine, and that the resurrected Christ promises to meet us on the way in our disappointment, to open our eyes, to recognize him, and to recognize others and to recognize a way forward. In that moment, my eyes were opened and I knew what they were talking about was resurrection. Last week on Easter, I talked about the daily dying and rising that we encounter in this life. This world holds suffering, disappointment, and death. Yet Jesus enters all of this. He experienced all of this and this is where he promises to find us. We have to surrender when we take this in though, that the world won't always go the way we want it to go, that life will not always go according to our plan, yet 
there is this promise that holds us that God through Jesus is recreating and reforming people and communities. It takes guts to name the disappointment and to trust that Jesus will show up to guide us ahead. Did you notice the ending of this story? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11 and their companions gathered together and they told them what had happened on the road and how Jesus had made known to them in the breaking of the bread. They went back to tell their story. Instead of leaving, they went back to be with the others, to dwell in that story that they were a part of, to be a part of pushing through the unfulfilled expectations to discover what is yet to come. Now, if you turn the next page after this story, you will find us living through the death and disappointments, the risen Christ comes and walks with us. We find him always in the word and in the bread and wine. And so he calls us back to these things always and often to stay and to live with a hope that neither death nor disappointment can hold us. We are raised again to live and to work through our unfulfilled hopes that Jesus meets us there and then creates a way. Thanks be to God. Amen.